0: Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. At Victory, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. We work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. Here's this week's sermon by Pastor Terry Green. We're getting toward the end of our series in Ephesians close to the end of the book. So if you turn to Ephesians chapter 6, we'll be reading there in just a moment. Do you know what this is a picture of? It's a laser cutter. A laser cutter. Now, uh, 30 years ago, maybe 35 years ago, the other day, I saw a magazine ad and it said, uh, back then I subscribed to multiple magazines and and I said, you know, one magazine that was about this big, and there was a full-page ad. And then I had another one that was about this big, and it was a full-page ad. And, and the ad was exactly the same. This guy was saying you needed to sign up with him. You needed to pay your money to him because he would teach you how to focus your prayers like a laser beam to get exactly what you want. He said most people pray like a shotgun. they just kind of blast it out there and hope it hits something. but he's going to teach him to pray like a laser beam so it can focus in. Okay, if you believe the purpose of prayer is just to get what you want, then you probably beat yourself up when God doesn't answer your prayers the way you want him to. What did I do wrong?? How, How did I not say it right? I got to get it right next time. I didn't have enough faith. How do I have more faith so that I'll get what I want in my prayer? What can I do better to to make it right the next time? How did I not ask right? How many of you have ever prayed for something and then God said no? Yeah. And that happens. It happens in scripture. So please listen to me right now. The way to think about prayer is not I got to focus it, I got to faith it, I got to build it, I got to say it right so I get what I want. No, uh, please take the pressure off yourself. I want you to view prayer in a different light. I want you to see prayer the way it's presented in scripture as conversations with God. Conversations with God. With God. Now, when someone has a conversation, how many of you have ever had a conversation that's extremely one sided? You listen. I had a friend who loves to chat, 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 and I was on the phone for a while, and afterward, Kathy said, Wow, you talked for an hour. I said, No, I talked for two minutes. <laughs> I listened for 58. Uh, uh, but uh, some people, the only time they pray is just talking to God. You know, kind of, I want this, I want that. Gimme, gimme, gimme kind of prayers. But what God wants are conversations where we're talking to him and listening to him. God wants us to learn to pray healthfully. I want you to make note of this. Praying well is essential to your spiritual health just as much as eating well Is to your physical health to pray well is essential to your spiritual health like eating well is essential to your physical health so uh, we're gonna look at some of the things that Paul shares here we want to see how we can pray well notice I didn't say pray right we got to get it right see we need to pray well and Sometimes you're going to have phenomenal answers to prayer. If we went around this room, uh, we could come up with a thousand phenomenal answers to prayer over the course of a lifetime uh, of, of people who've been praying to God. If we went around the room a second time and we asked about disappointments in prayer, we could come up with a thousand again where we prayed and God didn't answer or at least he hasn't answered yet. I often think of George Mueller who prayed for a friend to be saved. He prayed for 52 years that his friend would be saved. And he never saw that friend saved till after George Mueller died and his friend trusted Christ. I don't know. The Bible doesn't specifically say, but I like to picture it being announced in heaven and George Mueller doing a little jig because his friend got saved. I do know this. When his friend died and went to heaven, he and George gave each other a hug. George prayed for him for more than half a century and never saw the fruit of that prayer in his lifetime. So when we view prayer as conversations with God and healthy praying as an essential part of our life, it takes the pressure off. It's not how well you pray. I remember when I was a kid, we had this guy in our church. He was the prayer of the church, you know? Uh, Anytime somebody, you know, they wanted him to pray for them, I I looked for an old video that I had about this guy who had a a praying evangelist come to his house to interpret his prayers so God would really listen. It was a really funny video, but I couldn't find it again. If I ever do, we'll show it here sometime. But listen, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be great. You don't have to get it right. You have to connect with God so the first thing is praying well requires connecting with god are you in ephesians chapter six last week we looked at the armor of god and it began in verse number 10 where he said finally my brethren, be strong in the lord and in the power of his might and then he goes through to describe the armor of god and we spent time talking about that last week and if you missed it You can go back to our website or our podcast and you can get it and listen to it or see it on the the video on our YouTube channel. But praying well requires connecting with God. We need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice he doesn't say you got to build up your own strength. No, we take his strength. We receive his strength. So you need to be thinking about God and focusing your attention on him, talking to him, not just talking words that you hope he'll hear. See, when somebody's up here teaching or preaching, then they're saying words that they hope you will hear, but you and I are not having a conversation. Earlier this morning, I had a brief conversation with Sherry Miller and a separate one with Jeff Miller. And I had a a conversation with a few guys wearing bow ties, the bow bow bros that are here today. Uh, And I told them, man, back in the 70s, we wore bow ties that were big. You guys remember those? But see, we have different conversations like that. Cassie uh, and I've had hours of conversation uh, the last couple of days, because we spent time in the car together driving up to the fellowship in Scottsdale, and we talked both ways, and, and, uh, uh, and we had a longer, more pleasant drive on our way back, because I took the wrong road. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, we, we connect with God in prayer. But we're not having a conversation if we're just kind of announcing something to the room. If you're saying words and hoping God might listen, that's not actually praying. You need to consciously think about God and talk with him or you're not praying well. Uh, Jim Rees, when he was a chairman of our deacons here and served the Lord faithfully here for many years and now he's serving the Lord in heaven. Uh, But whenever we would call on Jim to pray, uh, quite often people would you call on them to pray and they immediately start praying and jim would always wait a second and sometimes he would wait long enough you'd start to think he didn't hear me jim i want you to pray <laughs> you know uh, uh, but the truth what he said it takes me a while to get my brain ready to pray i have to focus on god first and then i can pray and then whenever he took a while longer than I would have taken. It didn't bother me at all. He was focusing on God. So if you're not consciously thinking about God and talking with God, then you're not praying well. You need to talk to him and you need to listen. Now, I realize, especially for you kids, the the dominant Example of prayer that you see from people in the church different men and women who pray in the church You you hear them pray and they start and then they go through and then they finish But when I pray on my own and I I talk to God and then I pause and I listen and then I talk some more and then I listen some and then I Talk some more and then I listen some because I want to hear the Holy Spirit Because sometimes God will take what you're praying for and he'll shift you over here. So instead of praying for this, you're now praying over here because you've been listening to the Holy Spirit and you realize you were focused in the wrong direction. We don't do that in church because these are public prayers. And in public prayers, we are taking all of us and we're directing us up toward God. But in private prayers, we're directing it to God and then we're receiving from God. And so uh, we're doing both when we pray. And so it should be a conversation when you're speaking, when you're listening, when you're focusing on God himself. Because you need to be connecting with God during each individual prayer. Every single time you pray, you should be trying to connect with God. Now, honestly, when I was a kid, my mom would make this meal called tomato casserole. At this stage of my life, I love cooked tomatoes. I still don't like raw ones. You know, They're great for throwing at people, although I haven't <laughs> done that for 40 years. Uh, but but I, I just don't really like raw tomatoes, unless they're in pico de gallo, then that's good stuff. But, uh, but I, I now like cooked tomatoes, but back then I didn't every single time. Mom fixed tomato casserole. Dad called on me to pray. How do you thank God for a meal you wish did not exist? You know? He did that on purpose. So I would say words, but I didn't mean them. Because if I didn't say the words right, Dad would give me more of the stuff I hated. That was his house rule. But that wasn't real prayer. Because I was just saying words. So each time you pray, you need to be trying to connect with God. And you should also then be trying to live a lifestyle of prayer. Being connected with God in prayer through a lifestyle of prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without what? Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. Keep praying. The dialogue going. See, you know, Dan and Barbara have been married for 65 years. They didn't stop talking 20 years ago. She might wish he did. (laughs) Just kidding. Oh, she She liked that one, Dan. (laughs) But the truth is, they have an ongoing dialogue. And that's what God wants. He wants a relationship, an ongoing dialogue with us. Daniel established the habit of praying regularly throughout his day. Jesus had the same pattern in his life when he was here on the earth. What's your pattern? Where where does prayer show up in your life? Is it an ongoing dialogue? That's what God wants. Are there specific times of intense prayer? Yes. I mean, you know, if you're married, then you know a lot of your conversations that you have are not serious conversations. They're goofy things. They're you're laughing about something. You're sharing something. You're you know. But some of the conversations are very serious. So prayer requires both. We have this conversation with God. You know, we can just thank Him for the beautiful day. Uh, we can. Uh, you know, thank him. We don't have to eat tomato casserole for lunch. We can, we can thank him for all kinds of stuff. Just have a conversation with him. Ongoing dialogue. But you need to connect with God. That's praying well. Secondly, praying well recognizes our total dependence on God. Look at verse 18. This is where he focuses on prayer. Praying always. And with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So notice what he says with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying well recognizes our total dependence on God. We are praying in the Spirit. Prayer is by nature a recognition of our dependence on God. Now, I don't know if her parents asked Gwen what she wanted for her birthday. But I do know this. If Gwen had said she wanted a 4x4 pickup, her parents might have bought her a tiny little one that you pull back and it goes mm, when it rolls forward. But they wouldn't have bought her a real one. Not yet. They will. And A few years? (laughs) But see, prayer recognizes your dependence on God. Uh, When our kids were getting to the age where they could legally get a driver's license, I always told them, you can legally drive on your 18th birthday. If you drive even one day sooner, it's by our good grace. We allow that to happen kids are dependent on their parents we are dependent on God without God you would not even have the capacity to pray in fact without God you would not even have the capacity to breathe without God you would not have the capacity to be it is by God's grace but with God your prayers can make a powerful impact in your world Praying well recognizes our total dependence on God. There's a time in the scripture when King Hezekiah pours out his heart before God, and then God, in response to Hezekiah's prayer, destroyed the enemy. Daniel prayed, and God revealed Nebuchadnezzar's dream and the interpretation of that dream. In Acts 12, the believers prayed, and God released Peter from prison. In fact, I was just, just reading that this morning in my Bible reading, and, and when Peter got out of the prison, he, didn't, he thought it was a vision. He thought it was a dream until he was outside the gates, the last outer gate of the prison, and then the angel disappeared. And then Peter's like, oh, this must be real. But prayer of the believers did that. And I love, he showed up at the house, knocked on the door, the girl said, it's Peter, and she was so excited she forgot to open the door. People are fun. But we, we pray and we call on God and, you know, Paul prayed for direction from God and God sent a vision of a man from Macedonia. Without God, we can do... Nothing, but with God, your prayers can make a powerful impact in our world. I don't remember the missionary, but I know it's an actual true story. There was a a missionary serving in another part of the country, another part of the world, and as he was going one night, uh, he felt uh, oppressed, and he was praying, and there was a church here in the States Uh, That they got together and there were 18 people life. I may have that number wrong, but it was more than a dozen and Those people started praying specifically for that missionary. They felt led to do that to pray for him Hopefully you pray for the missionaries that we support but they specifically got together and prayed for safety for this missionary and then that missionary uh, later found out when those guys had prayed and then there was a guy in his, uh, who came to the service and got saved and he told the missionary, you know, on that night, we were gonna kill you and we were gonna take your stuff. And there were several guys who were gonna get together, they were gonna kill the missionary and take his stuff. And the missionary said, what stopped you? And the missionary said, those big guys that came around you with the swords, we just ran away, we were afraid. Because a church in the United States was praying for a missionary at that exact moment. He was surrounded by guys who wanted to kill him. And then those guys were surrounded by angels protecting his missionary. I remember one night, middle of the night, out of the blue, I woke up praying for my sister when she lived in Virginia. And I just felt compelled to pray for her, and I sent her an email uh, telling her what time I woke up and how I prayed for her and specifically what I prayed. And she sent me one back, all caps, lots of exclamation points, all excited. She said she had been up all night. She had just been in agony over a situation, and she didn't know what to do. And she said, all of a sudden, I felt completely calm, and I laid down and slept. And the time that I prayed for her was the time she felt calm and went to sleep. We were thousands of miles apart. God hears your prayers. But when you're praying, you need to recognize your total dependence on him. Praying well recognizes that. And in that recognizing that dependence, we're also uh, understanding his full authority and capacity to do what he desires when he desires it how many years did zachariah pray and pray and pray and pray before god responded to that prayer and i'm sure when zacharias is standing holding his little son john who would be known as john the baptist Uh, When he was standing holding John, he did not regret having to pray and pray and pray. He was just relieved that he didn't give up. Uh, Paul prayed for deliverance, but God told him no, because God would use the problem in Paul's life to actually strengthen his ministry. God is in charge. No matter how we pray, or no matter how many of us pray, God's in charge, and prayer recognizes Our total dependence on him. Thirdly, praying well includes perseverance. Praying well includes perseverance. See, um, the middle of verse 18, he says, Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Perseverance in prayer. Jesus told a story of a guy who shows up in the middle of the night and shows up and comes into the house and the homeowner realizes he doesn't have no food so he goes over to his neighbor and he knocks on the door. And what does his neighbor say? You remember that story? Neighbor says kind of like go away dude. And we're all in bed. Back then in their culture they'd roll out mats to sleep on and so everyone would kind of sleep in the same room. They had a living room that was the living room bedroom combination they didn't have separate rooms and nice beds they'd roll out mats and they'd sleep on those mats and and uh uh, so they were all in bed and for this guy to get up he would have to disturb his kids and maybe wake them up and get over to where the food was and then get over to where the door was and probably they had somebody sleeping near the door and so he'd have to move them to get the door open and, and it was a big hassle and, and so the guy told the guy, no, we're all in bed, go away. And what did the, the first guy do? I need bread. We had guests come into the house. I need bread. Go away. I need bread. Who won? The guy who was knocking. And Jesus made the point. He got up and gave him the bread. Not because he was his friend. But because he wanted him to go away. Because the guy wouldn't stop knocking. Now the Bible doesn't tell us how that affected their long term friendship. Hopefully they got beyond it. Right? But Jesus then takes application from that story. And says we. You and I, his followers, those who believe and trust in him, should persevere in prayer. We should persevere in prayer. So that means, as Jesus' own words, keep on asking and it will be given. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and it will be opened. We don't talk God into doing what he will not do. He says no, just like he did to Paul. But, but we keep asking and we keep pursuing because God expects us to persevere in prayer, to trust him, to keep presenting the petitions to him to not give up until he says no. So we keep asking. Now we had a rule in our house that our kids were not allowed to beg even if it was something we wanted to do for them if they begged for it they lost it they couldn't have it we just hated begging and our our older son Nathan thought that was a really dumb rule till he was in a grocery store as an adult man and and uh, he saw this mom with kids in the grocery store and this kid I want it and the mom said no I'm not going to give it to, I want it I no, I'm not going to give it. I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. And the mom's said, like, all right, be quiet here. You can have it. And Nathan texted Kathy and I and said, thank you for not letting us beg. <laughs> but I turned it around once. He, he knew Megan wanted to do something and he didn't, so he begged to do it, thinking I would then say no, they couldn't. And I said, sure. <laughs> and he was really <laughs> disappointed with that. Okay. God doesn't want you to be a beggar. Let me have it, let me have it. Please, 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 I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. That's not how God wants you to act. But he wants you to persevere until he says no. I can recall, I'm not going to share the specific circumstances with you, but I recall a time uh, quite a few years ago when I was praying for a specific burden and I was praying this way, you know. God this is what should happen. It seems to me, you know, you're God, I'm not, but this is where I think we should go, and I was praying and praying and praying, and I didn't even realize, suddenly I'm praying this way. And I th- you know, God, when did you change my heart? I wasn't even aware that my prayers had shifted so much. Instead of, God, please make this work out to God. Thank you, that didn't, and please do this. We, we persevere in prayer, we hang in there until God redirects us, or he says no. Now, why would God set up an illustration? Why would Jesus say, this neighbor guy is not responding to his friend, but he will when you persevere? Why did Jesus use the other illustration of the poor widow who pesters the judge until the judge does what's right, And then Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly Father do it? Why would he use those two illustrations to say, this is how we should persevere? Well, he didn't tell us why he chose those illustrations. But he did tell us the lesson of those illustrations. We should keep praying. Keep praying. Now some of you have loved ones who have not trusted Christ. You've been praying for them for years. And years and years. Keep praying. Don't give up. Unless God tells you, stop praying for them. He did that with Jeremiah. He told Jeremiah, stop praying for these people. My judgment's already determined. Stop praying for them. Okay, that's rare. Most of the time, He doesn't reveal that to us. So just keep praying. God answers prayer. Praying well includes perseverance. Keep on trusting. Keep on praying. God can hear you. He does hear you. And only God can do something about your prayers. And he will. He expects you to persevere and not give up unless he redirects your heart. Fourth, praying well leads to living well. Praying well leads to living well. In the middle of verse uh, 18, he uses the word watchful. Be watchful. Pay attention. Isaiah chapter 1 said, When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. This is God speaking to Israel. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood wash yourselves make you clean put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes cease to do evil learn to do well praying well always leads to living well if you're not living well you're not praying well enough john 15:7. if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done to you if first peter 3:12 says for the eyes of the lord are on the righteous and his ears are open To their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. James 5.16. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. The empty prayers of a lot of people don't make much difference. Because their life is not aligned with God. Right praying, healthy praying, leads to healthful living. A couple of weeks ago, we were looking at the relationship between husbands and wives. And uh, it's described in Ephesians 5, but we also looked at uh, 1 Peter uh, 3, 7. And, and, And Peter was writing to husbands, and he said they needed to cherish their wives. And if they didn't, then God wouldn't pay attention to their prayers. Because they weren't doing what God wanted to do, so God wouldn't listen. So praying well is supposed to lead to living well, to following God. We we find God's will as we study the scripture, and we pursue him, and and we learn, and we grow. Uh, And... So when we're praying, praying is connecting with God. We are inclining our heart toward him. We are moving ourselves spiritually in his direction. And so when we're doing that on the inside, then the outside changes. I remember when I came home from boot camp, I started dating Kathy like three three weeks before I went into boot camp. We started dating. I was absolutely smitten. The funny thing was I'd been dating a couple other girls named Kathy before that. And so when I told my dad I was going out with Kathy, he didn't realize it was just one. He, he didn't know which one, he didn't really care which one. And then when he found out, I'd seen her like 11 days in a row, he panicked because he thought I was giving her a... a rush, and then leave in town, because I had already told them I was never coming back to Tucson. uh, Then, as soon as I graduated from boot camp, I was on the road back to Tucson to be near Kathy. But, you know, before I went into boot camp, I could sit differently. After three months in Marine Corps boot camp, I came back, and I'm sitting on the couch, and I, I mean, I'm sitting, my back is perfectly straight. I'm not lounging back. My hands are like that. I'm just sitting there, and Kathy said, why don't you relax? I said, I am relaxed. (laughs) Well, I have figured out how to relax now. I got a recliner chair I can sprawl with the best of them. But see, three months of that focused indoctrination and this was a relaxing posture. I I can't now, but I could stand at attention for hours back then and had to a few times, a couple times, holding a 10-pound rubber rifle out. Not because I'd done anything wrong, but because the DIs were a little weird. But see, we learn and we adapt. And because I was becoming a Marine, it changed how I sat in a chair. And when you're becoming a believer, following the Lord, it affects your life. You can't keep doing the things you used to do. There was a song we used to sing a lot in the 70s. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. Why? There's been a great change since I've been born again. We trust the Lord and it changes how we respond to life. And so when you're praying well, what you're doing is you're moving your heart closer to the Lord. Do you ever hear of a plumb line? Um, A plumb line is is a a string or something, and then it's got a weight on the bottom, and and you hold it up against a wall to see if you're building the wall straight, because your eyes can't see it well enough. (laughs) I do remember with my dad when he was building a wall, I got on the other side of the wall with a magnet. (laughs) And my older brother would signal when to move the magnet. And so I moved, and dad couldn't figure out why that wall wasn't straight, because he was sure. (laughs) Oh, my dad loved us. (laughs) But see, you need a plumb line in your life. Well, the plumb line is God's word. Correct yourself to God's word. And when you're praying and you're seeking the Lord, you're going to want your life to line up with the plumb line of God's word. So praying well, Leads to living well. You can't say, I have a powerful prayer life. And then you're ignoring God's word. Because a powerful prayer life will bring conviction for your sin. Will cause you to move toward God. To seek repentance. To seek change. We cannot ignore God's rules. And still expect to receive God's blessing on our prayers. Now, notice also that praying well empowers ministry. Praying well empowers ministry. These pictures of my, my older sister Denise, she's in the one picture, the one with the gray hair, mm-hmm. and uh, she is serving the Lord on a short-term mission in Nepal, uh, sharing the gospel, training Christian workers, uh, I love this this picture of her because she looks tall. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, she's never been taller than five foot three, and she's a little shorter now. And I like to pat her on the head and call her my big sister. And uh, uh, but. Praying well empowers ministry. People in several churches, including ours, have been praying for that ministry to be effective. And we're praying for successful ministry of training Christian workers. We're praying for souls to be saved. And we're praying for safety. I would prefer to see Denise again in this life. Uh, but uh, safety is the third thing. The heart of the prayer is the effectiveness of her ministry there. So in the verses we looked at last week, we focused on the armor of God and the need to have spiritual weapons in our spiritual warfare. Well, if we're to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, like verse 10 says, then we need to be praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, like verse 18 says. And prayers... Praying well empowers ministry. Look at Paul's uh, example of this, verses 19 and 20. And for me, he's asking them to pray for him, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the God. I'm sorry, the mystery of the gospel. Um, Now, when Paul was saying that, we live in a relatively peaceful culture. I have preached thousands of times more than jesus christ spoke on the earth if he preached five times a day through his whole ministry i've still preached way more than he has over the course of my lifetime of ministry but i've never been attacked physically oh i've received some mean-spirited comments and some nasty letters in the mail and Uh, but I've never been physically attacked for standing up and preaching. Paul, on the other hand, was physically attacked. And so when he's saying, pray that I will have boldness, to be honest with you, it doesn't take a whole lot of boldness to stand up and preach God's word here. Because we're not in fear of our lives. We anticipate at some point in the future we could be arrested for sharing God's truth that's happened in a lot of different countries a lot of different times through the years it could happen here and there are a lot of people in America who'd love to see that happen here but let me tell you this if it does happen we're still going to meet we're still going to preach we're still going to share God's truth and we're going to trust him And we're going to say, pray for deliverance. Well, Paul was praying because he needed to be bold in a time when being bold was also being very daring. We can share God's word boldly here without too much fear. But believers in Arizona need to be praying for believers all around the world. To be honest with you, until my sister went to Nepal for this trip, I had not prayed for believers in churches in Nepal at all ever in my entire life and now I've seen pictures of churches and people gathering and and it's so exciting to see that believers all around the world are serving the Lord now I do regularly pray for the missionaries that we support I think about them I pray for them but I don't always pray for all the other people but look what Paul says. He said that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the gospel for I am an ambassador in change that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. In the end of verse 18, we need supplication for all the saints. I just encourage you to add into your prayer routine whatever your prayer routine is. If you don't have one, get one, build one but add into your prayer routine that you're gonna pray for believers around the world. Just, you know, God knows them by name, He knows them by location, He knows what they're going through. We need to be praying for people who are serving God in places that are hazardous and places that are joyous. Need to be praying for them. Um, So, some of whom we support, As the board back there shows, some of whom we don't support, but we can support them in prayer. Supplication for all the saints. Now, one of the nicest things about praying well is that praying well is a learned skill, it's a learned skill. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, there's only one person in the world who ever was perfect in their prayer life, and that was Jesus. There was a time the Apostle Paul, even while he's writing what came to be included in the scripture, he said, I think the Holy Spirit's leading me to share this. But he wasn't certain of it. And so we we learn as we pray. What's the best way to learn to ride a motorcycle? You sit in a class, you read a book. No, not even watching a YouTube video would help you. You have to actually get on the bike and try. Almost everything we do can improve with practice. I have very tight teeth. They just, it's my teeth kind of squish and they're they're really tight. And I never flossed, because it was so hard to get floss in between my teeth. And I had a dentist back in Texas tell me, man, your teeth are impossible to floss. I wouldn't even try. He recommended I get a water pick. That didn't work so well. All it did was splatter the bathroom. But um, now I have a, a new dentist, Hillary Douglas, Mark Eckhoff's wife, some of you know her. Uh, Mark and Hillary attended here. They've moved up to Chandler, but um, I go see Hillary and I get my teeth clean there. And, and now I floss after every meal. I floss all the time. My son, Benjamin, said I'm the only person he knows who's addicted to flossing, but, mm-hmm. but it didn't start out that way. I started out having to work and work and work. And I I tried, my goal when I first started flossing, I was gonna try and do it three times a week. Well, that's impossible to keep track of. It's easier to do it every day than try and do it three times a week, for me anyway. For normal people, maybe not. But listen, I learned how to do it. I listened to the hygienist explain it to me, how to hold it, what to do, because my teeth are so hard. And she had no trouble doing it, I said, what are you doing this differently? She says, well, I'm looking right at your teeth. Stand in front of the mirror and open your mouth and try it like that. Works great. Still splatters the mirror. But, uh, but you know what? We can learn to do anything. And we can learn praying well. We can learn it from listening to other people. But mostly we learn it by practicing and listening to God. And sometimes when you're praying to God, you get a sense of his spirit filling you and and you know that your prayer is really connecting with God and he's responding in love to your prayer and it's an amazing experience, but you're not going to get that every single time. My pastor in Tucson used to pray, sometimes you're going to pray and it's going to feel like the heavens are brass and your prayer just bounces off. But keep praying. It's a learned skill. You can learn to pray better. But focus on having a conversation with God. Because, read this with me, this, the highlighted square in here. Praying well is, and is essential to spiritual health as eating well is to physical health. So remember that when you're praying this afternoon and tomorrow. Remember it when you're eating too, that's beneficial. But we can have conversations with God, not trying to talk God into doing anything, just trying to connect with him and learn from him and listen to him and see him work as we follow him. Heavenly Father we thank you for your love and grace. We thank you for your truths presented in scripture that we can learn from and correct our lives by We thank you that you listen when we pray We know there are times when we do not Maybe every time we do not deserve to have you listen We struggle We fail you But thank you that you never fail us We thank you for your eternal love. We thank you for the amazing answers to prayer we see sometimes. We thank you even when you say no because you always know what's best. And so we choose to trust and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Victory Baptist Church sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about Victory, please visit our website at VictoryArizona.org. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page or by emailing Victory at VictoryArizona.org. We'd love to help you accept and follow Jesus Christ.